evening and welcome to the Lapid Monkey Music Show. Today we have on Bill Fisher. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good, good, good. Uh, if you're not aware of Bill, Bill is a, a, a very prolific... Lately, you've had a lot of albums up between your band and your solo stuff uh, in the past, what, seven years-ish, which is fantastic. You are you are the, the main vocalist, obviously, and guitarist, obviously, of Cosmic Skulls, Church's Cosmic Skulls, and... You've had two or three solo albums out now. So yeah. two? Okay. You want to actually talk about let's go backwards. Let's talk about your, your newest solo album, which I've been listening to a lot lately. Can we sure. talk about that one first? Can you start there? Yeah, yeah, by all means. Um so well I suppose they kind of came quite close together, the two mm -hmm. uh solo albums. Um I wouldn't want to say that it was a product of lockdown, but obviously it was lockdown gave me the time to sort of do those projects when there weren't any gigs happening. Yeah. We couldn't get together with church because there's so many of us, seven of us, obviously. Um, and, you know, so it was just a case of, you know, there's a good opportunity to finally put some of this, these ideas together. Um, so the second one, that is the, that's kind of, the, the concept with both of them is to sort of like limit yourself to some degree to kind of like one format. So um, second one is a piano trio. So it's just piano, bass, drums. That's beautiful. Thanks, man. And then, uh, and with three, vocal tracks so it's as if each of those members do one vocal track each mm -hmm. um so you know rather than being able to kind of multi-track loads of different harmonies on top of each other it's just like what can you do with three and likewise you know no guitar which was fun to play around with yeah that's very um, really interesting for a song to have like to do it like that and 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 i want to add if i may just into this you play all your instruments mm -hmm. on that too quite proficiently yes. so like i wasn't aware of it because it wasn't like i heard and you almost like it was better like you hear like they play every instrument you know and back in the day you used to hear that you you kind of cringe you're like oh but then you get people like you know prince prince kind of led the way of being like oh you can play a lot of different stuff and nowadays it's a little more common but when i was listening to it i yeah. didn't realize that because knowing listening to your other stuff with, with the other with your band and stuff which we'll talk about i was like mm -hmm. i'm so used to having a, a full band so hearing you play all that and i'm like even the drums I'm like, man, I didn't even catch that. So kudos to you. That's mm. really, really solid across the board. I mean, very enjoyable. Thanks, and man, yeah. with no guitar, you being a guitar I mean, player and doing it like that is awesome. So, yeah, I mean, originally, well, piano was my very first instrument as a kid, mm -hmm. but it was kind of unschooled and just kind of playing around with chords and things like that. Um, and then drums was next. So... And then guitar was kind of just happening in the midst of all that. Um, so for, I mean, Church is actually the first band <clears throat> which I played guitar in. Really? To that, I was playing, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was playing bass in Mammoth Wing, which was, you might be interested in. That's more kind of bluesy doom. We only had one album, but that was, uh, if we're going backwards, we'll get to that. No, yeah, was, no, <laughs> actually, I'm, I'm a, you know what it is here is if, if I feel like if you, I've always been showing or talk to people and you always get interviewed, we're always doing this like mm. 
cookie cutter thing and kind of pedestrian. Yeah, chronological, yeah. Yeah, and, and to me, I kind of feel like I like to go a little more with the flow of the conversation with mm. what we're talking about, topical and jumping around because it keeps us all interested. Otherwise, we all start looking off into the sunset here, you know. <laughs> and it's more Absolutely. about like it's it. more about yeah, you, you know, it's more about like what you're talking about. Like, yeah, this song here, but then in your earlier band, you were doing this. It still connects mm -hmm. in, in, a, in a better way to me. So oh, for sure. Um, so yeah, I mean, like the actual songs on the last solo record were, I mean, again, with a lot of these, I tend to sort of like write a lot, but then it'll take usually like a good few years before that song comes back to the fore and actually gets used, if you know what I mean. So mm -hmm. a lot of a lot of those songs are kind of really, really old. Um let me just have a quick look at the track listing. I've forgotten what's on there now. No, it's okay. So while you're doing that, let me ask you. So, like, I know every artist is different with the songwriting process, too. But for this, were these some songs that you also, the older ones or holdovers, like, didn't fit with the band style of the song? Like, or sometimes a band, yeah. like, you know, sometimes artists would be like, I bring the songs to the band. I write the songs. The band says, yes, no. They feel it works. It doesn't. They're still good songs. It just doesn't work. I put it in a pile for myself. For myself. And sometimes people just write songs and go, nope, this goes to the band, this goes to me. Like, how are you doing that? Or the mishmash? Um, it's a mix, yeah. So I guess, well, I mean, for a start, on the last solo one, there's actually two church songs, mm -hmm. or songs that I've, we've done in church that I've kind of reimagined within this piano trio <laughs> thing. Um is it two? Yeah, yeah. So there's one, uh, Answers in Your Soul was a, of, on the first church album, which it was just a kind of acoustic. Mm -hmm. And again, actually, that was just me and a, an acoustic. Um, but then, yeah, I don't know. It's just got a lot of potential as a sort of country, country elements to it and kind of, you know, trying some harmonies out, which weren't, I don't know, it didn't, it seemed to fit better at the time with church to do that as a kind of, acoustic track i mean there's i think with the the first church album there was definitely a conscious decision to try and put as broad a range of songs on in order to uh kind of open it up for us in the future <clears throat> i agree so i think it's a great did, idea do you know what i mean if we oh, yeah. to put just say rock songs then it's kind of like well suddenly now they're doing folk or whatever whereas if you kind of mix it all up straight away it's sort of like now we can do whatever we want. And, and, and to me, it turned me on to that, to you guys, actually, because at this point in my life and being a, you know, obviously a music show, I listen to a lot of music and probably more than most people do, you know. So to that point, things that, you know, feel a little bit different, interesting for me, and not that it's like less talent or less of an artist, but just for me to excite me is something that I feel like just, there's, you know, you got no walls around you. You know, it's just a good song. And that's been like my mantra the past mm. years. Like I'm really just focusing so much on a good song. Like I can say, like even in some of your, your even in the, some of the church stuff, you'll be talking and playing guitar. And it's a very you can rip some songs. You rip on guitar. Sometimes it's just very basic because it's really just about mm. the song. Because if you overplay that guitar riff, it would take up the whole choir and the harmony vocals. It would totally take you away from Absolutely. the moment. And I, to me, that's what I feel. And I, I'm glad I'm getting that because that plays. Well, I'm glad you've noticed that. Yeah. Um, so to me, it's great you guys uh, yeah, do I mean, that. I think right from the beginning, that was the concept. I mean, I've been in sort of heavy metal bands and all sorts of stuff like that, where it's mm -hmm. it's sort of written in a different way, you know, where it's um, 
you know, all a lot of heavy rock tends to be written by the band first. Yeah. Like riffs, drums, and often the vocals will be a kind of after, not an afterthought, but a sort of a, a layer on top of the riffs, mm-hmm. which, you know, cr- can create amazing things. You know, obviously Black Sabbath is a classic example of that. Yeah. You know, Ozzy would sing along with the riff a lot of the time. But, like you say, kind of, um, I don't know, I just wanted to, I, I thought it'd be good to play around with all of these kind of more kind of pop ideas that I'd written on piano and, you know, more melodic things, which would never be kind of allowed in the metal world. Right. Um, and it's, I mean, it's a lot more fulfilling, I think. Like, I do well, it's, like it's fun as a listener. And still, but, you know, it's fun as a yeah. listener. I want to say to people that have a listen, after you go check them out, you guys got a bunch of stuff to listen to. There's six albums now between your, your, your two albums and this. To me, mm. I, I love people. Know I love metal, but I also like prog rock, and I also like I like classical music. So, and I'm a Zappa fan, so I mean, I like a lot of music. And in certain type of like a genre, like if you like a genre, it's like a house builder, and they're building these certain houses, and you kind of go in the cold second, you build a bunch of houses, and you love those houses because they're beautiful, and you kind of get an idea what that house is going to be like, and you you like that because that's what you want. And to me, you guys are like an architecture of like you kind of just like you guys, you guys are like general contractors, and you're going to build a house, then you go build a barn. <laughs> Like you're just going to build something different each time. And so that's what you got to be into being open to being like, all right, this is going to be a little different each time. You know, what it's going to have is a good melody, great harmonies, a lot of, a lot of singers, especially, um, and a lot of raw instruments, like back to, it harkens to me early seventies, maybe early sixties with song structure and building a song. If that's, uh, yeah. I mean, everything you've mentioned there makes sense. Yeah. So there's the, it's combining the sort of, I guess not really pop songwriting, but you know, I'm trying to write write songs that I think are good, and I'm not going to mm-hmm. be scared of the chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus, well, double chorus <laughs> structure. You know, and I say I think that's I think I think there's still like stuff to explore there, um, and even just I mean, another thing with um, playing in more sort of progressive bands as well, there was always this sort of feel of like we can't possibly use just like normal major and minor chords or mm-hmm. like a, you know, like a normal chord sequence or like an obvious chord sequence. Right. Um, but there's kind of a reason why some of these chord sequences work, you know, and uh, I don't know. I just think you're shooting yourself in the foot a little bit. If you only try and do stuff that's like super kind of interesting and beyond the realms of, uh, you know, normal normality. I think you can take sort of what you might call obvious ideas or like cheesy ideas, melodic things, mm-hmm. and sort of combine them in such a way that you know that creates the kind of music that I love. So why deny that? You know, or why why deny yourself that if you're writing? It's uh, interesting. Like you say with the yeah. sorry, carry on. No, that's very big stuff on you. Um, What's interesting is is I've read some of your influences, which are obviously some of mine, you know, yeah, Queen and Kate Bush. And, and you go back to a lot of those artists. I'm sure there's other ones. I'm not trying to leave any out. But, but what I get from a lot of those is, is it once it goes back to the good song, but it also goes back to a strong vocal and a strong harmony. And yes, and and, and a vocal that isn't just a, a song to you. And it's, some of my favorite artists do this is it feels like it's like you could be in a bad mood and you will use Queen because it's very easy. You can be in a bad mood and you hear Don't Stop Me Now in the car. 
in three minutes, you're going to be you're going to be in a good mood a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Because Absolutely. a good a good a good vocal chord in the notes at a certain point are going to help elevate you to a mood. And it also can go down to a sad song can make you sad if it's really good. You know, <laughs> Elton John can bum you out because it's a really melancholy. Sure. That's his job in that song, not him, but you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So your job as a songwriter, I follow you. You guys doing a lot of that in your songs where your um, the vocal lines help lead you to that emotion. Sure. Um, well, yeah, I think this um, the melancholy is an interest. Is a sort of it's a big part of it with all of the stuff I write. I think for whatever reason, I'm sort of attracted to that. I mean, even though a song might sound kind of slightly joyous or it might be heavy yeah. and you know, traditionally that would be maybe angry sounding or if it, you know, triumphant or whatever. I think what appeals at a really good song is some kind of melancholy often, you know, yeah. it's the blues, isn't it? The happy sad though. Yeah. I think melancholy is even better because sometimes with the blues and as much as I like it, like anything else, you kind of get stuck in the blues. If you get happy in the blues, you know, how many blues artists have like mm. one or two happy songs in their albums? You know, and then you'll get like, still got the blues, and it actually has a really kind of a happy, melancholy riff, but overall, you know what I mean? So with you guys, mm-hmm. you're allowed to kind of go up and down and kind of follow the journey in the song. Well, this is it. Like you say, it. with, um, I mean, with Queen being a big influence, obviously it's, um, I mean, probably two of the biggest influences on the band, to be fair, would be like Queen and Thin Lizzy. Um, okay. But, I mean, with a lot of other stuff as well, you know, so I think, you know, it's never been a sort of like, let's try and do a Queen song or anything like that. It's definitely mm-hmm. much more. Um, no, and you guys don't actually sound like Queen. So you guys are reminiscent in honoring the songwriting. Yeah. Skills, but you guys do not sound like Queen to me. So just to be clear. Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 you know, if I could if I could sing like Freddie Mercury, then I would. But, well, uh, you have Freddie, though. You, want, yeah. you are a different singer. You sound like somebody totally different. And that's what I like about you guys. I like a band, especially nowadays, like, I got my rock bands that I'm established with, but if I'm just discovering new artists that are, are creating new stuff now, mm. I want Bill Fisher to sound like Bill Fisher. I don't need you to sound like Absolutely. anybody else. And I don't need artists yes. that sound for the people. And it's not a dig towards them, but it's just to me, it's not exciting as a fan to listen to that creativity. Yeah, I think, I mean, that's the, that's that situation of like, if you're just kind of um, aping like one band. Right then it quickly becomes boring and it quickly becomes sort of obvious, doesn't it? Whereas, mm-hmm. you know, trying to blend influences, I think is absolutely, you know, that's where you get good new music. It very few bands can do that just, too. You know, I mean, it's, it's survived. Like, to really copy them and sound like them. I mean, can you name any? Like, besides, like, uh, Greta Van Fleet sounds like uh, uh, Led Zeppelin, but they're still doing well. Yeah, they, I mean, sound, they sound good. They just sound good, example, though. Yeah. But... I mean, they the have guy's a strong an influence. Singer, yeah. That's what I'm saying, yeah, but it's... that's just his voice. So I think that's where the difference is. He he just sounds like that. It's not uh, his fault. Yeah. yeah, well, you know, there's some affectations and stuff that oh, they make, of course, which of is course, very yeah. sort of Led Zepp, and it's yeah, it's maybe like it, it was all a little bit like Led Zepp. I mean, to be of honest, course. I'm not I'm not super familiar with their newer material, but you know, it, they'd be one where it's you know everybody. Right. the internet and in the world were saying like it just sounds exactly that's why it was just an easy thing it's not a dig towards any musicians by any means it's just although i suppose i suppose um like wolf wolf mother was a similar thing wasn't it it was like 
Uh, okay, I can hear that. Yeah, but I, it was less. I mean, I think when I jumped out more, <laughs> that was just so much like yeah. that one. <laughs> it's, I think because his voice is just that, that those octaves he hits. Yes, you know. Well, exactly. I mean, if you can sing like that, you're definitely going to. You know, and as as hard as I try, I'm not getting above. Uh, no, really. <laughs> you, I like I like the fact I like the deeper voice. I like to have. I like the depth it has. Mm. You know, and I think that's one of my favorite things when um. Well, the singers, because it, it feels like when you can go lower, and I know, and mm. women do this also, and I, and I like the fact that in different genres of metal, women can actually go really deep. I love the fact that the, mm. the, the, the walls are down now, so it's not just a male thing. But I love when oh, a vocalist absolutely. goes deeper because it almost feels more emotional to me. And with high vocals, mm. you can do effects on it now, and you can people that can't even sing can do effects to it in a studio. Yes. So nobody can fake a deep, heartfelt vocal lower register. Yeah, that yes. I know. <laughs> so mm-hmm. to me, it feels a lot more authentic when you sing something like that. If you do it right, yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, I think the the tricky thing is always that thing of like when you're playing at home hmm. and you're not maybe you know you wouldn't be singing as loud as you would in a band if you're just sort of yeah. tinkling away on an acoustic guitar or piano or whatever. Um, you tend to sing in a different way, like in a sort of quieter weirdly yeah that weird quiet deep voice is weird yeah yeah and then when you take it then to a band it's suddenly like oh oh, oh, everything's like much lower than you thought it was and you know you can't you don't have that power of you know getting it over the instruments i mean that's what everybody pulls back a little bit and they boost you up because it's about the song and not about the instruments in theory yeah (laughs) you guys are a team if you're gonna be a band that's i think that's what really comes down to is like Usually, unless there's a lot of money involved for a band, right? What bands are going to be the best if they look like they're a team, or at least have two team managers? You know, you know, Lennon McCartney, uh, the Stones. Like, you have two real strong leaders, or you have a strong team. You know, like Mm -hmm. like a Led Zeppelin or a Black Sabbath when they're, you know, together at their peaks before all the the heavy drugs. You know, when you're four different members that are moving like like a Zeppelin, you got or a Queen. Queen always pretty much stay together. You know, pretty much. They all knew their parts mm. and they all helped each other and they all strengthened it. And, and, and that's where you have a legacy of those albums, you know, or yes, sure. when you have a, a, a moving group of people that come in and out, they still, mm-hmm. they fought, but they still knew each other's parts. They respected each other. Yes. I mean, I think that's the thing with, uh, yeah, like definitely the right from the beginning with church, it was, um, that was a prerequisite of like everything being sympathetic to the song first mm-hmm. and you know let, none of us need to show off when there's a time to kind of let loose you know mikey can do the you know the crazy stuff on the organ etc um but yeah it's got to be kind of it feels it now i mean it's, you, you guys could be fighting like cats and dogs behind the scenes right now it could be a great facade but right now <laughs> Bust your, bust your, I'm busting you right now. But, but, but to, to listen to your albums and watching like the videos, anything I can find on YouTube to, because obviously I couldn't see you being in the States, it feels like it's very team oriented right now as a band. Like it's very respectful. You know, um, it is. Yeah. I mean, I, th- I think the thing is, obviously, I mean, I do write all the songs and it is something of a benevolent dictatorship, but. It's kind of well. That doesn't change what I'm saying, though. It's not about no, no. It's sort of hugely. I mean, 
I am hugely appreciative of the fact that there's musicians who are willing to do that. I mean, the thing is, I you know, so the one of the other bands that I'm in, which is called Dystopian Future Movies, uh, so that's Sister Caroline's band, really. That's it's her I kind of brainchild. I just listened to you guys. I just listened online. I didn't realize that was you because it came into my iTunes feed. And I was listening to it. I'm like, oh, I'll have to listen to that more. I, I, I bookmarked it. That's really cool. <laughs> See, look at that. Yeah, so I play drums in that, and um, that's kind of. I mean, it was, that's kind of always been, like I say, her band, really. Mm -hmm. So my point is really that I'm very happy to play drums in a band where kind of somebody else has the final say, if you know what I mean. So I think that, I mean, it depends, you know, there's lots of different ways of forming a band, aren't there? So the democratic way, I think, Mm -hmm. is really good. But it often you have you do like one or one or two albums before everybody starts arguing about like which directions to go in, and those one or two albums can be really amazing because there's these different influences. Everybody's playing together. There's a huge positive, like you say, a team together. But conversely, if you have a band where there is say one or two main songwriters, they tend to be the bands that last for many years right. and doing well, lots and lots of albums and, and that's what i mean um like say with queen they all play together but we know mm. you know you know freddie and, and brian were the main song they would, i think they they'd all well they'd all write so i mean right. some of the big hits are actually like deacons aren't they like um radio gaga i think i mm-hmm. can't remember which ones but it is i think they deliberately um split up the songwriting between them so it'd be like you know they roughly have the same amount of songs right. on each album, but it'd actually be, you know, each song would be just May or Mercury uh, or right. Taylor or Deacon. But, you know, it was almost in a in a way of kind of splitting up the royalties or whatever. Um, but then, you know, as they, I think they've said in interviews, it's kind of like, you know, there might be a Brian May song and he's really like, this would be a great single, but then if there's another song that, you know, makes the single and that one doesn't, right. there's some element of it being kind of like, is that one forgotten? Because it's just a, you know, deep cut. Um, yeah. So I even that, that, you know, they argued to high house. Well, I'm but sure. I always saw them as like splitting up the songs, but like Deacon, I didn't think Deacon is being like the strong leader of the like decisions that would be made. I still thought Freddie was kind of mm-hmm. lead. You, you need a leader. You can't just, someone has to drive the bus, as I was saying earlier. Someone you can still co-write. You know, sometimes like I've said this before on my show, like if an album comes out and it's great, like you write a really great album out, and then all of a sudden it does really good, and the rest of the band goes, "Hey, I want a copy, I want a songwriting credit," and it changes the dynamic, and it might not be as good an album anymore because everybody is is involved in it. Mm. So it's, it's so if you have a construct for a band that works, everybody's happy, it's good. And what I'm saying for you, yes. like it, you you shared the songs. I know you write the songs and you play a lot of it, but you're not making it all about you with, with a with a backup band it's a full band and you, the vocals the oh, way you have absolutely. a set is it's everyone plays their parts and that's what i'm saying it's like a team it's not about you having it the song emphasized about you as a performer it's about the song yes. to the best of everybody that's the team part i mean you still need somebody in charge you can't just be anarchy even in rock and roll just don't you can't yes. have anarchy well i mean <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's definitely some bands that were like, uh, you know, they're very sort of 
everything is written all together, isn't it? Which I think, like I say, it kind of does produce really good results, but I'll be honest with you. I think there's um, less of them. I've been talking, we've been talking, interviewing people, hundreds of bands in the past couple of years. It really feels like it's, um, everyone kind of writes yourself together or they have a way of doing it or they've been doing a certain way and they, the one person does this or this does this, or the singer doesn't play guitar and he'll, he'll hum, hum out a melody and the guitar player do something mm-hmm. in the gear, and they bring it back. And then I was just talking to a band, and they actually had the the drummers now, like um, kind of like the musical director of the band, coming back and redirecting everything, which is a really interesting concept for a band to have now. Mm, um, exactly. Yeah. There really are no I'll say, there's so, more. so many different ways of doing it. Yeah, it's kind of exciting actually in the world of songwriting. Mm. You know, especially in the world of downloads, you need to have something different. And that's like I said, you guys stuck out because of that to me. Well, thanks, man. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess, you... like, um, say again, what were you going to say? Uh, no, I was going to say, yeah, so please. So what's really great is you guys started out, though, as different bands, too, and evolved into the sound. Were all of your sounds, like, the best? Do you guys take, is this kind of like um, a real mixture of everybody's sounds originally? Or is this, you guys had your different sounds, and you guys together, you're like, oh, this is a different flavor we've never had together. You know, because the perfect storm of musicians makes the sound that you're like, whoa. You know? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I think it's um, certainly everybody's individual playing styles and that kind of thing. Um, I mean, it's. Uh, I mean, I suppose another thing to mention is that all the way through, it's always been kind of one track each, so there wouldn't be kind of like multiple guitar tracks. I mean, sometimes to be honest, we have done a little bit of sort of like doubling up the strings and things like that, but. Um, mm-hmm generally it, we're trying to record it so it's reproducible live do you know what i mean so there aren't like yeah. nine guitars or there isn't like a rhythm guitar and a lead guitar it's like right. just if the guitar's playing lead then it's just lead and the organ and everything and it can rock so. you can you can rock a guitar too i mean just i don't i don't want oh, people to think see, see this there's like one song you do and it's, I'm, I'm sorry if it's escaped me it's some people know it's early evening for you and it's very early morning for me that's why I'm not drinking because I would be called an alcoholic if I was doing that early. <laughs> <laughs> or it was from Carol for well, like I mean, before. It's half, it's half right? two in the afternoon, so yeah, right on a Monday. So, <laughs> exactly. So, so to that point, um, but as, on, people know people just listen to all your music because on some tracks it's just just very simple guitar. And you're like that's very simple, and but then you listen to other tracks, you're like, okay, he can rip. So it brings you back to the fact of what we're talking about is how are you serving a song? What would a guitar a crazy shreddy guitar solo do? Or a fuzzy guitar solo, or a Hendrix, whatever, do right in the middle of the the the, the vocals of those of, of you and 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 those wonderful vocals of those of the ladies in the band. Do in the middle of that, it would blast apart the moment if you overdid it. Mm, I think so. So it's um, a yeah, I mean, again, it's I think like um, playing around with like minimalism. I mean, it's it's hard to when you've got seven in well you know you've got a seven piece band and there's you know that many vocals and there's whatever it is five instruments mm-hmm. um it's important to remember to kind of not play sometimes i think like the third album is definitely um <clears throat> there's a lot of you know not playing guitar for a whole verse or whatever which you know can be a hard sell in a <laughs> band which would you know in some bands um but again so it's, it's very much sort of like serve the song mm-hmm. and you know just simple is generally best 
especially with you know like I mean, right from the beginning, like like I say, uh, everybody's been very sort of sympathetic to the song. There, there was an intention, really, of the people that I got in the band, for them in the majority to be, for them to be people who are also songwriters, even though they aren't necessarily writing for this band. Mm-hmm. If they're songwriters, they understand this exact thing, you know, and they're multi multi instrumentalists as well. So, um it's exactly that thing. It's sort of like, it's not going to be a kind of, here's my final chance to get on like guitar magazine front cover. It's right. more about let's write some good songs. And it, and it shows how, so like in the beginning, though, like the fact that you guys have so many members and, and a, it just, I think it leaves the doors open to you for so much for so many different types of music and so many albums you can do because you have so many avenues to, to touch upon. Um, but you were saying in the, in the other band you were before this, how did you gravitate from that? to this original setup of musicians from all different bands. How did you um, conceptualize that? Well, it was, um, I mean, so I think it was maybe a year or two before I'd sort of put a bunch of songs together, which didn't really fit in, they didn't fit into any of the bands that I was doing at the time uh-huh. um, because they were more kind of, you know, along these lines of sort of prog pop, AOR, although I wasn't really aware of that term at the time, <laughs> you know, classic <laughs> rock kind of right. um, what basically ended up being kind of church. Um, and then just over time, it's sort of, I just, you, you know, you get to know different musicians and within the kind of local scene and all that sort of thing. So all of us were living in Nottingham, UK uh, mm-hmm. around that time and various other bands had been splitting up and things like that so it was just a sort of you know maybe this could be good if I put some people together again like I say I think it's good to have a plan from the beginning like it wasn't a sort of like let's just get together and jam it was sort of like do you guys want to be in this band and Here's a bunch of songs, and you know what I mean. It was, it was yeah. Of... They did well. There's silos. Everybody has their their spot on some level, and, and and there's a blueprint where it's like, all right, this is what we do, and this is what it sounds like. We don't have rules, but we're not also not going to be this sound. We're this is how we're starting off. So mm. I think know. the other thing is trying to so sort of the the thing that keeps it consistent, or the thing that kind of binds all the songs together, is that fact that it's these seven musicians like it can be as simple as something like that where you just mm-hmm. you could almost do any genre but if you rely on the fact that it's those seven people making it that kind of binds all of the things together almost in the same way as like i was saying with the, the solo stuff if you have a kind of limit like this is only going to be piano bass drums three vocals the album becomes coherent mm-hmm. even if you're doing completely different songs like you know a wide array of songs I, the... yeah sorry so, so, so i would say with that is actually step on you was was i also think that by you doing it, those those albums the the songs on these albums and on the other ones it still sounds like you know bill fisher's songs but the band does not feel like a solo band it feels like a band so you almost doing it a little differently on this solo stuff yeah doesn't sure i mean it almost the, sounds like piano... two different projects so it's nice it's not like it's a like a you know what I mean? Yeah. An extension of, of that because... Well, that's it. I think it's that's that's 
comes from those sort of imposing those limits on yourself. So it's kind of, you know, if you have every possible instrument available to you, then in a way it's going to all end up sounding at the same time too varied, but also all the same. Right. So, yeah, I mean, with that, with the, with the piano one, it was deliberately sort of, uh, obviously you never, you're not going to get that same, it's an actual sort of jazz band jamming mm-hmm. feel, but there was definitely, I deliberately did it. So it was like, I did the piano and vocals and got a good take of that. And then I think it was then bass. Maybe I did drums next and, and really just tried to um, approach it as if it was a, you know, I'm jamming along with the piano. Mm. You know, do a whole bunch of takes yep. and be like, okay, and, you know, go too far, bring it all back again. Um, and then put the bass on afterwards. So in a way, it was kind of, you know, there's improvised sections in there. It wasn't, I think you can hear that it isn't sort of yeah. chopped up. And it's not sort of perfect or super planned. It does have a improvised. Well, it does feel, it feels organic. And I think you have that. And I hate to say, I don't mean 70s retro feel, where it feels very analog. And by that, I mean, mm. things aren't so structured where once you got to the point in the 80s or 90s, and, and now it's even worse, even for, for regular producers that are big hit makers, you have to do it in a certain timing. And it's all timed out. This, mm-hmm. your, that album, those albums, and, and, your, the other band albums and some of my favorite albums even coming out now still feel like they're just written and you're not worrying about a certain timing thing or this or that mm. and 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 i wonder with you and i, I think i notice it sometimes when, when a musician takes up guitar not as their first instrument and how it affects their songwriting um and, and i'll say like a good drummer and then plays guitar like easy one would be dave Grohl. eat drummer first before you do guitar and the way he writes songs mm. are very chunky and he talks about that, like a rhythm. And and I can't think of other, I've talked to other people too, they're drummers first and then they play guitar, but you also being a keyboardist, it sets your mind maybe a little different. And then by playing guitar and you're all writing songs, all that in your head, it feels like it's a little bit different in songwriting, you know? I think so. I mean, I think with the, it changed the way that I play each instrument, because like I say, it's that, you know, it's not like every song is kind of like, this is going to be all about the drums. I mean, if you know, you could easily make it kind of all about the drums and all about the bass and all about the piano. Right. It's like you're writing a melody with the whatever. drums. Though. It's, it's like you're writing a, a song with the drums. Though, I'm saying, or the keyboard, like it's writing. Mm. That's part of the tool. It's not about a drum song. It's about, that's just a tool you're using to, to get your song across. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think like um, such a big part of it is just creating an atmosphere. Like that's a song should create an atmosphere or a well, you, that's actually an interesting point to lead to because a lyrically and and the 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 image and the style of your artwork and the way the band looks and everything has its own also theme that, that kind of stands out different than everybody else how is that mm. um where, where do the wellspring from that come from and you've built off it obviously and i, and I enjoy it but the, the the concept of it where did it kind of come from because it's kind of like it goes back to the being melancholy and, and analog your retro feeling to me without being trying to be anything. It's just because it feels like it's kind of who you are and it's just a expression mm. on, of, of um, your thoughts on top of it, maybe. 
but you could probably sure. give a better I mean, the, explanation. Obviously, the the church, um, you know, there's the spiritual organization side of things. Um, I think all of that really came from uh, probably was it like in the 90s as I was a teenager there was a, a big influence from this that kind of like new age mm-hmm. um, self-help kind of crazy world of like you know positive thinking self-hypnosis yeah um, if you think about things in the right way you can achieve anything kind of stuff um, which I always viewed with a kind of uh, you know it's, it's always always been viewed with a big big pinch of salt um so as you know as this concept kind of came together it just all sort of started gelling with that um kind of you know born again christian things um conspiracy theory aliens yep retro futurism they're all just kind of in, interests that I had, which weirdly can just kind of come together. And I, I mean, I think it also ties in with the sort of like, obviously the 70s, 60s, 70s sort of psychedelia and that kind of thing. Um, but I guess like the the music did actually come first before the, the final kind of concept. Mm-hmm was put on top of it. Um, and I suppose the, what happened with the music, it was, it was that idea of like, so I've got, so I've got all these songs, which are, you know, quite kind of pop orientated and, but there's a sort of rock element. It just made a hell of a lot of sense to sort of record it in a way that is real and kind of old school. And like you would in the sixties and seventies where it's like, like I say, a mm. drum kit that actually sounds like a drum kit. Yeah, live and, drums mean. <laughs> you know, it doesn't it doesn't have to be kind of quantized, um, all the rest of it, you know, sample replaced. One, you know, a bass that sounds like a bass coming out of an amp, one guitar, you know. And I think that's what even though we're not we don't actually record to tape or you know, there's there isn't really much of an analogue element like we no, but the, the heart of what I'm saying, you, you still, get, but the heart of yeah. what I'm saying that the, you know, I think it's it, it still sounds analog, you know, and I'll I'll play um, play with kind of tape saturations and that kind of thing. I mean, mm-hmm. It would be really interesting to track to tape at some point. Yeah, that would be a good um, idea. A little, your EP, plus <laughs> that little EP with you yeah, guys yeah. on it. Um, but it's just. Um, yeah, I think it's it's really just that combo of instruments. You know, you bring in a Hammond, which has a bit of distortion on. You know, so it's, we've got the kind of John Lord amp stack combined with the uh, what do you call them, Leslie. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I think it's just the combination of instruments kind of lends itself to that kind of seventies. It does, sound. And, and you don't over you don't oversaturate um, vocals. You, I, I I feel I just go for recording. To me, I and I like about it. It feels like it's um, you very light on the reverb and stuff. It's more about dry vocals and dry everything because you guys can actually sing really well. So there really doesn't need to be the effects. And by doing that, and then the effect of the sounds of like the distortion of what the 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 original instruments do and the organs just really one really brings it right back to the seventies. Anyhow, all that together, 
just feels so like you're in a room you're in a cool jam barn like with like leon helms or something like you're in this really great situation of just you know what i mean exactly yeah authentic music we're trying to create the atmosphere as opposed to do look at how amazing we are at playing instruments or or, or, you know anything like that there's really very little kind of showy offy acrobatics um but when it when a song sort of requires a little bit of intensity or kind of complexity, uh-huh. you know, we can kind of pull that back. Well, it's good, but I mean, there's no, there's always going to be something, they always say there's always somebody better than you at something else. So to try being that person yeah. at a certain point is you're only competing with yourself. And if you're going to try to out fancy yourself, I guess that's on you. You know, but I think your lyrics no, tend to be yeah, I mean, positive. Music shouldn't be a competition, should it? No, it shouldn't. But I think when you look at the outside, it feels like you're like, oh, that's kind of funny. It's tongue in cheek. They got the Illuminati, and you do a lot of fun things with photos and videos. And you look at the video, it's kind of got that '70s feel, but at the same time, it's got that '70s feel that where it's not too because it's white, but because it's kind of a '70s feel, it also feels like it's kind of like emotionally dark because it's got that weird dark feeling of the '70s at the same time. It's all very tongue in cheek. It feels like it's very playing. You're kind of like playing around with it. But you still peel that back and you get to the core if you didn't see the image or anything, which is fun. Um, mm. You would still just hear songs and you wouldn't even imagine the other part. When you see both together, it makes sense. But you can just listen to the album in the car and it would just sound like a really chill band writing kind of happy, melancholy songs, depending on what part of the song you're at. Mm. With a lot of good positive well, messages. I think the best compl- compliment we could get, really. That the, yeah, the music stands up, I think, as um, yeah, something yeah. that is catchy but also is moving hopefully i mean this is it it's like there's definitely no um no tongue-in-cheek really with the music i mean maybe on some songs you know it's no but it's not it's not it's not there's a cheekiness yeah but it's different also you're being english you can say cheekiness and it sounds way cooler than american to me saying cheekiness i'm probably (laughs) probably offending people by just saying it wrong because i'm not even not even i mean cute the way i say it but with the way it's carried off is is um it's fun and it's lighthearted and and it's enjoyable. But at the same point, the the image is fun. And and I just say this with images, bands. I think it's fun if a band has an image. And there's nothing wrong with a band writing a song that is successful. They run something as they get airplay or people listen to it because if they because they, that's what they write, not because they want it. That's their goal. But that kind of success, there's nothing wrong with that. It's always such a negative thing. Like it's an image. Well, a band that doesn't have an image, that's their image. You know I mean, remember the rock bands that didn't have images? Oh, yeah. We don't have an image. Well, then that's your image. Your image is just how you portray it. So if you want to have fun with it, you know, as long as your music well, can stand exactly. up. Your music stands up. I don't need to see you without it. But visually, I'm more up to see a video like yours and something I've seen of 15,000 other videos in my life. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I mean, yeah, it certainly works with videos. I mean, I think like it's it's just that's just always been a side of being in a band ever since I was a kid um, that I've enjoyed, like making a logo and, a des- you know, designing yeah. the poster. It's the whole thing. It's kind of creating the excitement about around it all. And that, you know, like a live show, especially. Um, it's just kind of elevated, isn't it? It's, there's ways of elevating it. And, you know, we... Well, it keeps you in the moment, I think, Unfortunately, when we did the... Um, when we did the American dates last year, we didn't manage to bring our projectionist, but we... Our usual, like, live show is... There's a whole kind of projection element, which is 
you know, there's voiceovers and things, and there's a huge kind of element of creating this combination of mm-hmm. fear combined with release, um, which I think we still manage without the projections, but it's sort of that, it's like another layer that elevates it. And obviously, you know, well, like we, you know, we could do, we could do the whole thing and not be a church, but we are. So well, you know, what's she going to do? I would say this, like, first off, you, I, you can listen to different types of bands that I like, you know, you can be like, I don't know, Fleetwood Mac, which is a little more chill and clean up, or or like a rock band or like a metal band, and everyone has their images, and some, if you, if you don't, but to me, one of the fun things about a band, if it's, you do have a certain way you look, you kind of help support that moment, for me, when you're in a show, or watching that moment, it takes you away, so you're in the band, like, if you're just wearing, like, if I listen to music now, and you're just wearing, like, a tank top, and, and, and we you know, cut off some flip-flops or something, and whatever, and it's just total out of, total out of what I've been seeing used to with the song, it kind of takes away because you, you've you kind of built the house to keep the rest of the vibes inside of by the image because to me it's like it doesn't distract me. Like if I'm, in, you know, you watch something or a movie and you're hearing you're into it, also something else in the movie happens and distracts you. You start thinking about your real life stuff and you're still enjoying the art or the movie, but you're not fully into it. I think sometimes with an image like you guys have, it helps keep you fully engrossed in it, which allows you to, to really take in the music maybe. I don't know. That's just I think me. so, yeah. I mean, it's there's certainly a thing of, um, I think, like, um, you know, getting dressed up slightly, even just in any kind of format, as you are going on stage, kind of puts you into a different frame of mind. And that can often make for a better performance. I mean, equally, I enjoy playing songs, you know, completely off the cuff but right yeah like you say it's it's definitely um it's all kind of part of a big uh package if you like which yeah i think it's it's creating that kind of immersive world right and you know it's there's a there's a lot of ways to go deeper and deeper into this well that's the thing i mean you look at somebody else playing in music you're like oh you listen the music would sound great but say one of the band members is wearing like something totally different you're like oh i know he's into cowboy stuff i wonder if he likes horses and you're starting to think about other stuff and you're totally getting away from the band it's got nothing to do with anything it's a good or bad thing it's just you're just totally not focusing you guys all have your look and you have a sound so no one's really distracted from like other things sticking out like a lot of rock bands were black because it kind of focuses on the music or like you know certain things certain kind of uniforms like a team it focuses in on what you're doing you know if you get too individual like absolutely kind of over well, I think with the, um, like you say, with the wearing black, which I do, you know, a lot of the time, to be honest, um, you know, a band traditionally like a metal bands and uh, rock bands kind of present themselves as being maybe slightly scary or threatening. Um, and that was kind of a con- conscious decision with this band where mm-hmm. it was like, wouldn't it actually be more scary for us to be dressed in white, isn't that yeah. slightly more creepy? In a way, it is. Especially if I, I come from New England, which is like Children of the Corn type of horror films. <clears throat> so you got the old churches, <laughs> the big hats, and the, the preacher outfits, which comes across as being more of a horror film. So someone like me, exactly. I'm like, yeah, I get it. Actually, something really scary is a full-grown uh, adult wearing white. 
<laughs> trying to stay clean is also horrifying for me. Thank you for waiting. You're like a hero. This is true. <laughs> you know. Well, it's weird because it's, it's this suit is actually incredibly dirty, but whenever I bump oh, into it, I'm wearing it. The <laughs> Well, they're like, how do you keep this clean? And it's like, well, take a closer look. It's really, it's really not looking good. But, um, you know, it's part of the fun. I suppose that's the thing, isn't it? It's like the, like you say, it's the sort of the presentation of a sort of very clean, uh, joyous it is, outer it layer. Is. I love and then ACDC, underneath, there's this know? darkness. I love ACDC, but I don't need to see more than a handful of bands like ACDC with that look. Because that's who they are. And there's a lot of bands that are who they are. <laughs> But now you need to diversify. I like bands that also are a little different because we just have been done. You know what I mean? So as long as something comes natural from you, it's pretty fun. And and, and the image is good. Exactly, yeah. I think it's well, fine to have fun with it. I mean, like, I don't think it's necessary. You know, I think, like, no. you know. But like you say, I mean, any every band has its image and it has its sort of, you know, deeper background stories to delve into. Yeah. Um, so but why it, not kind of play with that, have a bit of fun with it? Exactly. And you should play with everything. And, and the fact of the world is that this show is a is on YouTube, but it's also a podcast, and then other other sites grab it too. I don't even know all the sites that grab it at this point. Myself, the honesty, because once you're on the internet, you know, once you put it out into ethos, it's gone, right? I find myself like with an interview. I go, oh, I want to see an interview of an artist, and I go to I come across it, and it turns out it's mine. Like because I don't, it just keeps going. So to that point, like. This is nice on, on YouTube, and sometimes people get like it'll be huge views on YouTube, and sometimes get little, and it's a huge artist. But then when on the podcast side, people will go, so you just don't really know. So it's really good, like for someone like to show like this, put it on YouTube, put it on a podcast, put it everywhere, and just let people go to it. And it doesn't mean that if it doesn't get low hits here or big hits here, it's, it's one or the other. It just depends on what your audience is. You know what I mean? I, and it doesn't matter your age either. I can tell you, there's an artist I thought that would get no views on YouTube, huge views. Artists that should get bigger views on YouTube. Nope. Huge podcast. Like it doesn't, there's no sense yeah. to it. So I say as an artist, you want to do everything you can, you know? Well, this and, is and, it. I mean, I think there's, yeah, there's, there's a lot of um, social media advice for bands and, you know, social media has been a big sort of part of our growth. Yeah. Or whatever. But it's kind of one of these things where it's like, all of these, you know, the the um, the look of the band and all of the, the backstory and everything else came before that, and then it just sort of seemed to happen to kind of fall into like the exact thing that all these people are saying. Oh, you should do this on social media, and you need to do this, that, and the other. And it kind of like was, you know, that it works out well for you. Which to me, you know, the, I actually came across your music first. I like recommends on, on iTunes and then seeing the image after I thought it was cool. So to me, the focus on the image and probably being an old generation too, isn't that big a thing, but I, I, I appreciate it because it makes it even more fun for me. But yeah. The music is what sold it, but in social media, it doesn't hurt. If, as long as you're authentic to who you are, any way you can get seen, as long as you're being you, it's awesome. You know, there's something wrong with being an artist that wants yeah. to be seen. You're, you're a musician or, or an artist that gets a song in a commercial. It's your song. You, you should get paid. It's your job on some level that there's nothing you take that away from you guys as an artist. That's crazy. You know, just... I think that's true. I mean, I think there's, there's definitely a sort of, it's a dangerous path, isn't it? And with any sort of form of success where, you know, you keep wanting more and more and more and, it's, you know, we've managed to get like a whole bunch of views on YouTube and, you know, a decent yeah. Spotify following and all that sort of business. 
Um, but I just think it's really important to try and focus on your own goals and your own kind of, you know, what do you actually want out of this in life? It's like, yeah, you know, I personally, I'm not looking to become some sort of like super famous rock star. And I don't think musicians really should because it's, I don't, you know, by all accounts, it's not very fun. It's, it's not a very nice way to live. But you should be very um, successful and be able to take care of your family and not have to worry health insurance and be able to say, you know what, I'm going to write an album that no one likes. I'm going to write an album because I want to write it. And I think an artist should be able to do that. Okay. And I always say that if I don't like the album, that's awesome for that band. I love bands that write albums I don't like because they wrote what they wanted to and they didn't feel like they had to write for anybody else. And they're in a position to do that. And and I think that's a goal for an artist to do, you know, where it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and fans, if, if people can have opinions no matter what. And I always say, like, if you you know, the band can't be together. It's like, do you work with the same person for 30 years? People come in and go in your business. Are you selling out because you go to work every Monday for, for, for your pay for your mortgage? Artists still have doctor bills and mortgages. And, you know, there's no 401k for being into music. There's no you know, rock and roll medical plan. You know what I mean? It's all stuff out of pocket. So, like, Absolutely. you need more success because you're an independent contractor is what you are. And it's hard to be, you know, over the age of, like, 18 and not be an intern and act like you're a contractor. So an artist deserves what they get on every level financially, you know, and, and I think fans, oh, sure, one thing yeah. fans, fans need to kind of like be a little more, a little more open about that, you know, and less judgmental, mm-hmm. just listen to the music, buy the albums and show up at the show. That's, That's it. That's right. I think, yeah. I mean, this, so at the moment we're kind of promoting the um, upcoming U S tour, which is uh, East coast and South. Uh, really? In April. Uh, where are you? East coast. I'm about a couple well, hours we'll from New York. There, How close? Were, I didn't, I didn't, yeah. yeah, that's the first date. April the 1st. April Fool's Day, April New York, Fools. huh? I have look at my schedule, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, I'll stick you on the guest list. Um, yeah. But the, um, what was my point? It was the fact that, yeah, so even now there's like, um, I don't know, there was some comment on YouTube, on, on Facebook, which was like, you know, oh, this is an advert or whatever. You know, there was somebody who was slightly annoyed the fact that a band is using sponsored advertising on social media which you know obviously i don't particularly like funding these huge tech companies but this is the way that you have to promote yourself as a band these days youtube facebook all the rest of it i think we're too old for tiktok but hey do you know what i mean so i do i um, I do i think you're not too old for tiktok i I just started doing it recently for my show for for clips (laughs) to lead people back over you do a clip that way they go back to your youtube channel the kids like it, trust me. Uh, but certainly YouTube, I think, is one of the biggest. I mean, you yeah. start looking into things like how many people are actually watching videos on Facebook with the sound on, and it's very low. Mm-hmm. Whereas on YouTube, people are watching, they're on there to watch videos. So, you know, that makes sense to kind of focus on that, I think. It's a different um, world. And subscribers is hard, too, because look at the... Um... And even for me, getting subscribers, to be honest, is, is a different challenge because the age, like what age group is going to be my main thing. And, and I could say the biggest overall for all the type of music I get would be between 35 and 55. And a lot of them are more, you should mm. use Apple, and you, a lot of them use Apple products mostly, but I can't get the true numbers because the uh, the companies overlap. I don't think they're sharing information, like true numbers. But I also get good numbers, you know, a bunch of times on YouTube, and sometimes I don't. But to get an adult in the 35 to 55 age range that's going to go on and subscribe to a YouTube channel, 
is a lot more of a challenge than, than, than someone like my child, my kid's age mm, in the early 20s. Sure. They still go and watch the videos. So I will take the videos and the links and I'll post them in Facebook groups and they'll click on the links yes. or, or, or a media. But the likelihood um, of them subscribing, them subscribing low, mean, like... they may come back more often, but to get them to click on and follow just because they'll be like, I don't have an account. I don't know how to do it. I'm like, well, you can just go in the corner. Mm -hmm. If you have a Google account, you click, you click on the corner button, do the drop down, you sign in with your Google account. And there you go. You're signed on now and you'll get an alert. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But to people, there's a challenge. I do IT for a living. So the, the IT challenge for people is is, is, is otherworldly. Um, and for me, some things are hard for me to do too. So I won't go there. But but um, that's a new world to try getting subscribers that are in a in an age group that's not of the, you know, the early teens. An adult this band is doing that is going to be I mean, a challenge. I, I would, you know, I, I look at, you know, I use YouTube, um, but very rarely subscribe. In fact, I don't, I just don't really subscribe or you know, comment or interact with stuff, you know, mm -hmm. put on like a, a personal account. So yeah, I get you. And I'm definitely in that age bracket. Um, but yeah. That's the thing. So it's like if I had a video and you would actually, even so if you went back, I do the interview, right? If we, if we post it, you'll go back and watch your video, but you won't be even subscribed to my channel for your own video. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but, but it's, well, it's not, it's not, this one. I know, yeah. but it's not the end of the world. But my, the my first point channel is, that I subscribe to. Not, and I've already subscribed to you. So but here's the funny part is, that, and I'll say it's kind of funny, like a larger artist and media podcaster, I don't do this for money. So believe me, I don't make money on this. I do it because I want to promote music because I don't, I did music early on in life and it was, it was hard. I was doing recording and stuff, changed my careers and stuff, but I realized a lot of artists struggle. So I want to take that extra energy I have and just put it towards music because I love it, right? That's the reward, having these conversations. But but to that point, it's, it's, it is hard an artist like you to get that like i'll have people say uh a younger band and I, I was trying to do like a big band and like a small band so i get like like, a, like an ecosystem right and um mm. but what happened is the big the artists the bigger artists were more supportive and cooler about it the small artists would be like what are your numbers this is when i first started out now it's not the same or or the small band would be like let's do an interview and then the a they won't even bother getting like even what they were on stage they kind of just kind of dialed in like dirty clothes and mm. stuff and like cheetos on their stand. i'm like you could wear a clean shirt for this interview at least and then you know, four people in the band and like, but like none of them, no, it's the right, the other guy I'm talking to actually one interview in particular. I'm like, I actually took it down because it was like, I'm like, you're killing me here. Um, you got, you're dialing <laughs> it in too much. Right. I'm like, it takes the time to listen to an artist that you, you know, and whatever. I mean, and the bands weren't even subscribing to the channels to support you supporting them. And they're an unknown band. I'm like, if you can't even help me help you, I sound like Jerry Maguire now, yeah, yeah, yeah. you can't even do that. Where's, you know, and that's just, I'm, I'm just a blip. I mean, that's the attitude you have. Whereas larger mm. artists will take time for anybody and they don't care about the numbers. The bigger the artists I've spoken to, they don't care about the numbers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And they don't care about the, they just care about the fans and that's it. And and that's the attitude that's going to bring you, not this, you know, but. I think that's the thing. Yeah. It's like with, um, you know, uh, it's, it is hard when you're starting out because it's, everything's quantifiable now, isn't it? Like there's a number next to it. So it's mm -hmm. like, Ooh, what's this band like? How many views have they got, or how many Spotify followers have they got? And that really sucks. I mean, that's that's why like Bandcamp is such a good place. Yes, because it's a real open playing field. It's just like okay, search some weird genre, and there's a load of stuff, and you've got huge bands right next to smaller bands, whatever mm -hmm. big and small even means, with no. You know, well, I'm no talking about like, yeah, with, like this, or anything else. Mm -hmm. 
And, and I mean that with like, when I say big or small bands, I don't mean like even just popularity or, or like talent. I just mean like you'll have a band that was, you know, had a number one hit single, you know, in, in the, the late 90s or whatever, you know what I mean? And they'll have a band that's just a big local band or a totally mm. unknown band I'll put on. And I'll put on, or I'll do something, I'll have a, this type of rock thing going on and I'll take a left turn and put something else, which might hurt my followers because it needs to be interesting. You know what I mean? It's, it's probably the worst sure. roadmap for, for, for business ever. But the point is, you know, you want to expose people to different stuff. I'm hoping like, you know, they're going to check you out now and, and you know, um, and you guys out so. because of that. Well, I, I, I hope so. I mean, and it'd be, it's really going to be lost for anybody that doesn't. I mean, because it's just good music, you know, and that's one of the things about this channel is it's just good music. It's not about genre or Thank age you. or, or, or views. You know, you're welcome. It's not about, I don't look for numbers or people, you know what I mean? Whether you're high and social, I don't care. I don't even think I know what your numbers are, to be honest with you. I just listen to you. And I reached out to you, you know. Well, that's good. Yeah, that's great. I mean, I guess that's it. It's, it's hard to ignore them, uh, you know, yourself as a listener. If you're, you know, if you use Spotify or iTunes or whatever, the numbers are so there in your face, aren't they? You know, so it's it is. Like, oh, that's, it's weird that so many people are into this or, you know, it, is this more worth checking out because it's on this label, for instance, that sort of thing. I guess. And I mean, it's, it's hard to not do that. So, but yeah, like I say, Bandcamp's a good example of a. I love Bandcamp. And real after stuff, the, real level this, playing field. Yeah. Your Bandcamp will be underneath this. Obviously your, the website will be too also. And if you want to put your other socials on there too, you know, I know, I know yeah. uh, an artist that was um, in the eighties and they have a really great, this whole album out. I'm not going to mention them, but they finding representation. Now they had platinum albums playing arenas. But now they're just, you know, they're not as huge because they're not writing as, you know what I mean? But we all hear the songs. We still do the 80s or whatever. But the, the artists will be like, yeah, what are your numbers on Instagram? I'm like, are you kidding me? Not only in their own band, they've had written number one songs in the 90s, this artist. Mm. And you're worrying about their Instagram numbers? And they're still writing good songs. Like, yeah. you, they've transposed a couple <laughs> of generations. And you're still comp you're comparing them to somebody who's in their room. Now, there are a lot of good artists that are being found through Instagram. I, I, I've had a couple on my show. So I'm not mm. knocking it either. But you can't compare the two sure. and quantify the fact of who's going to play a club with with fifty thousand Instagram followers who's never played out live, and who's going to go down and fill the club down the street? Who's really going to leave? They're watching you on, on Instagram. Oh, absolutely, who's yeah. going to want to watch you elsewhere? That doesn't sell. Yeah. And I think in a few years, that's also going to melt down a little bit to who the real performers are. Nothing stays up forever. I think that's it, it. I think you have to prove yourself live in a different way. It has to be literally kind of how many tickets did you sell last time? You know, like the traditional way because promoters i mean they will they're still looking at spotify numbers and things like that but it's you know somebody can get put on a playlist and it's suddenly like boom the numbers go right up it doesn't yeah. even mean that anybody's ever heard of them right or go to yeah. a club who's gonna go to a club you know i mean then, yeah they certainly sell. wouldn't it wouldn't mean anything for them to be you know it wouldn't reflect itself in tickets at all um so yeah there's definitely a kind of I think it's just the the answer is to just kind of cover as many bases as possible, unfortunately, because it means it every announcement you do, it's like it's got to be on Twitter, Spotify, or you know, like every possible place you can post about this stuff. So it, it takes an afternoon to just be like, I go there that with myself. You know what I mean? I just want to interview people and post it, <laughs> but I have to post it a lot. I even started doing you know the other sites because of that. Just I wouldn't even have social media if I could have. <laughs> You know what I mean? Well, so but but you yeah. but you but you need it. I need it for my show to help promote on different you know platforms. Mm -hmm. But that's the hardest part is promoting the show because it's so much out there to compete with. 
you know. Yes. I mean, these are things like for all the, the dependence we have on social media, if you compare it to like the, what you know, how it used to be, um, we essentially have our own, you know, you have your own CV channel right here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's not something that was possible like 20 years ago. In the same way, it's like, you know, we're able to be a completely independent band with our own label and everything's completely in-house. Um, it, without the, you know, without social media, I don't think that would have been possible because you'd, right. you know, you'd be back in the old, the old scene of the old model was kind of hard on a label and having to go through magazine, you know, through, you know, other press and TV, all these. But just being real also for you guys, if you guys just keep writing what you want and being you, that's it. Your career is qualified because your fan base will be there. The the route to the um, listener, I think now is so much more, it's been blown kind of completely wide Mm -hmm. open by all of these platforms. I mean, like, you know, to be able to get onto Spotify and to get onto these streaming platforms, again, I don't want to be promoting Spotify because it's, you know. I know. I try to do either. I have stuff stuff on there, but I always go, I have iTunes, (laughs) I have this one, Spotify. (laughs) Because some people listen to it there and you just can't take that away from people. I can't be the judge and jury, you know. I don't like what those artists, I'm not going to cut off a listener, you know. Um, But. You know, the point is, is that the anybody now, for better or for worse, can become famous <laughs> or, you know, they can they yeah. can build an audience, which, you know, we have been fortunate enough to do. Um, and I think, you know, it's through making good music and uh, mm-hmm. all the rest of it. Um, you know, obviously there's downsides in the same way as there was downsides to TV and Downsized the magazines and newspapers and all the rest of it. The um, it's it's definitely better now, is what I'm saying. It'll all even out. So let's just—I do want to end on on a high note here. With um, not that was a bad note, but on on a a positive, moving forward, like people see you, like we've enjoyed the conversation, and this conversation is definitely more about your opinions. We couldn't focus on songs, and people just need to listen to songs and absorb them. It'd be like me getting a book. It's like a book review, which is really hard for me to do. I don't want to talk about the book to somebody. It's good. I want to make it exciting. I want you to read the book. I want people to experience your music without doing the hard sell because you're on the show because I think it's great. People need to experience it and get their own feelings and come back. A lot of this interview is based on just your views and how you take things in and as an artist because that's the interesting part that's not going to change the songs and how people interpret them. You know what I mean? It can be two separate enjoyable pieces. And that's why I try not to get too deep on that part right now. But you said you're coming in the East Coast. What else has got going on? Shows, music coming out. What do you got going on? Um, so we've got the so the April tour. It's two weeks. Um, so it's what New York down to as far as Texas, I think, then back up. <coughs> um, you can see all that on the website. Um, yep. Then we've got there's a few festivals, a few European festivals coming up. Let me just, uh, can I see them on the internet? I mean, you can see those on the yeah, website well, as well. Yeah, we'll be on the website. So, like... you can, so you have some festivals. You're going to be over the U.S. I mean, we're just kind of rounding up so people can get excited and be like, oh, cool. They're coming my Absolutely. way. Or There's uh, Australia in the summer, um, which will be announced soon. <laughs> and that's kind of the year. 
so far. So obviously, I mean, the the most recent album was just last year. So we're the next one will probably be next year earliest. We're sort of just packing a load of gigs in this year. But yeah, well, you probably haven't played a lot. The US though. should be good. Yeah, awesome. This is excellent. Say again, sorry? I said, well, you haven't probably played that album enough. You know, with the way the world's been lately, this you probably haven't true. been toured hard on the album. You know, remember we used to do legs on an mm-hmm. album. Now you're like, you're lucky if you do a finger. You know, <laughs> you didn't do anything right That's now. It. So, uh, this is awesome. so yeah, I mean we're playing yeah we're playing a good chunk of that album, um, but also just you know well I think once you're four albums in you need to do uh, it's you know it's all the hits so uh, that's what we're playing in America or or you can do the Elvis Costello thing and you have the the wheel you know you know that wheel he does not, oh like a wheel of fortune kind of thing well he has all the songs on it and he just spins the wheel. And whatever oh, song because it falls so he has no decision <laughs> takes all the thoughts out of it wow. yeah but then you have to ambitious. rehearse then you have to rehearse all the songs don't you? you do have to know a lot of your songs and you have to have a very strong audience <laughs> which is another testament yeah. to, to that to that fan base of hits right <laughs> to be able to oh, do that yeah, sure. that's pretty intense actually <laughs> i couldn't do that um so but i want to thank you man for being on the show it's been really awesome i appreciate it. we'll have you well, back thanks again. for having me it's been beautiful